gentlemen. You're locked into JJ and Alex. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. prepping for the rest of the show got to pull a lot of doobie brothers a lot of michael mcdonald he's the new head coach of the uh seahawks congratulations michael mcdonald years and years of all those hits and he's finally landed that opportunity as a head coach in the NFL. it's quite a wide career pretty old though right he's older than pete carroll oh yeah we'll get into that with our uh nfl roundup coming up a little bit later I just, congrats. I don't think I've known so much range. Sorry, I've been told in my ear that uh, different Michael McDonald. I'm confused. He must be Junior then. Is this his son? Is this Doobie Brothers Junior? Man, nepotism, man. (laughs) Those guys, they always get the best jobs. (laughs) Your dad is a multi-platinum recording artist. And all of a sudden you get to coach an NFL team. Good for you, bro. Easily the second or third best Doobie brother. How many brothers are in the (laughs) Doobies? How many Doobies there are. How many Doobie brothers are there? How many Doobies are there? That's a PK question to ask. PK had a Jimmy Buffett pullover on today. Like, that's that's where we're at. He could be able to give us the insight on some Michael McDonald's. Some Michael McDonald. I said Is Michael McDonald. Is PK McDonald's. a big, big Yacht Rock fan? Big, soft rock. I could see PK into Yacht Rock. Early 80s. Old Christopher Cross. What a fool believes. Come on, man. Doobie brothers. Michael McDonald. Let's go. Hey, uh, joining us on the program right now. As we kick off the program, our show is brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, the G2G Bar is a snack that's packed with protein. You can even use it as the meal replacement. It is uh, packed with everything you need protein-wise, and it really is uh, satisfying. So check it out. Give it a shot. G2G Bar, local company in the refrigerated section at your local uh, your local food. Oh, we just got the uh, – is this some – I just said local food. Your local grocery store chain, Costco included, and some of the gas stations. Joel Embiid going to be out against the Jazz. There's some uh, breaking news right there. Woj just breaking it after we all kind of knew something like this was going to happen. If if there's going to be a game in Utah, Joel Embiid's going to find a way to uh, to not play in it. Does and, Joel uh, Embiid know that Rudy Gobert plays for the Timberwolves now? <laughs> Left knee. Now, he, he did get banged up last night. I was like, as soon as I saw that he did get banged up, I was like, that guy's not playing in Utah. That guy is not coming out. And you know what? They beat the Sixers in Philly. Without him. Yeah. And I think they could do the same nice little season sweep of the uh, net. So there's some breaking news uh, for the Jazz for the Jazz fans out there. Joel Embiid not going to be playing uh, in that home game, the first home game back after the long roadie that the Jazz had. Now we can jump in with the cut, and let's get to our guy, Mitch Harper. It's the top of the hour. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with J.J. and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Joining us on the program, he is from kslsports.com. KSL News Radio, you can hear him on Cougar Sports Saturday. Of course, he's our BYU insider. Just ours. Our BYU insider right here at KSL Sports. Mitch Harper joining the program. Mitch, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Happy to be on with you. Oh, my goodness. We've got so much to break down. Not the least of which is uh, our way, way, way too early prediction of wins and losses on our on our schedules from yesterday, and we're getting killed for saying BYU goes six and six. Are you? Do you think we're insane to say that at this point? I mean, it's January thirty first, but uh, is it insane to say BYU goes six and six on that schedule? I thought I was being a little bit generous. 
I think you're being generous too. My first run and looking at the layout of the schedule, I kind of thought five wins. You know, I think that, you know, this schedule, you know, when you factor in our way too early power rankings, BYU plays five of the top six teams. They've got a tough schedule, at least what on paper would seem these big 12 teams are going to be. And when you just don't have clarity at the quarterback position, like BYU does right now, how can you forecast anything more than six teams? I think far too often people are looking simply at the logos on the helmets. And I think people made that grave mistake last year. And then BYU went, you know, didn't go to a bowl game for the first time since 2017. Uh, You know, I think BYU defensively will be better next year. And I think, but, how much is there going to be offensively? Yes, the offensive line should get better, but you're not as deep there at that spot. Wide receivers, uh, you know, Chase Roberts returns, Cody Epps comes back, Keelan Marion, but are you still feeling like that's an elite unit? I don't right now. And running backs, there's there's not much depth. So, yeah, I think six wins is is pretty generous, and BYU's got to, you know, really get some answers when they kick off spring football coming up at the end of February uh, you know, to kind of get a clear vision of where they're going to be. Cause I think this is a team that still needs to get some work done in the transfer portal in the post or spring window. You know, Mitch, there's uh, you know, there's a lot of focus because everyone was wondering when BYU and Utah would play and November 9th was a big surprise. And there was a lot of oh, faux outrage. I'm going to call it. <laughs> okay. We don't really care that much, right? but there was a lot of people that had a strong opinion about BYU and Utah not playing in the final week of the season, you had a completely different take and a completely different opinion. What was that? I just, I like it. I like the creativity from the big 12 conference because I think it's, it's forward thinking. You gotta, you gotta reinvent yourself as a league. I mean, everything that we've known about college football to this point, uh, it goes out the window, you know, in 2024, this is a new college football world. We're in a space where USC is in the big 10, you know, Utah and West Virginia are in the same league. BYU's in the Big 12. Like, this is a completely new world than anything we've known. And people romanticizing, you know, Thanksgiving weekend and rivalries. Well, it's because of the rivalries that uh, are in that spot already. They're not going to get moved for BYU-Utah. And BYU-Utah historically has never taken on a national platform. I mean, the only time that BYU and Utah during the Pac-12 independence era of the two schools that they played on the final weekend was in 2018. Utah was a Pac-12 South champion, and the game was kicked off at 8:15 <laughs> Thanksgiving weekend, FS1, and it started off on Fox Business Channel. But tradition, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, like, what are we talking about? Like BYU and Utah. If you want to play Thanksgiving weekend on that Saturday, you're going to be relegated to a late night kick. This gives BYU and Utah a chance to maybe get a little bit of breathing space. Uh, where you got 14 days to build it up. Brett Yormark has told us all along he's into storytelling. Well, what game has better stories than BYU and Utah? I already can't wait for the KSL Sports Live Sunday night feature where you got the montage of, I hate them, I freaking hate them. Like those sound bites, like <laughs> let it rip. Like play that for 14 days on loop. And then all the, the banter, all the commentary. And the thing is, too, if you're the Big 12, and when you talk about way too early prognostications, and I know BYU fans probably don't want to hear this, but there's a chance Utah could be maybe undefeated going into that game. But if they lost to BYU, there's still a chance that they can win their way back into being in the 12-team playoff race. We know in this sport that if you lose a game at the very end, that can sink you. This is all about kind of being strategic and thinking outside of the box 
in a way to put your third best league in college football on maybe a grander stage because the, the sport is going to be absorbed by everything SEC and Big Ten. Nothing else is going to exist. you got to get creative in a way to find uh, space for your, for your top rivalry to get some you know, platform. And I think you can kind of point to last year when Bedlam moved up from the final week of the season to November 4th. That game took on an ABC 130 network time slot, and it was the big game of the weekend where Oklahoma State pulled off an upset win, and it was a really big story. I think that's kind of the barometer and the kind of the precedent that the Big 12 experienced from that game. They thought, hey, let's use that for BYU and Utah. I think it's an okay move, and I just think that people are cl- clutching to the pearls of these things of the past. like. The Big 12 wants to be newer, younger, hipper. Do college students today remember the days when BYU and Utah were battling for a share of the Mount West title in 1999? No, they don't care. <laughs> they want to have something new and innovative. They don't, they're, they're used to BYU and Utah playing in September. This is going to be completely foreign to them. So I think it's okay. I think it's a, it's a you know, and if it doesn't work, then go back to the Thanksgiving weekend and maybe BYU and Utah schedule FCS teams in the penultimate week. But honestly, I'm okay with it. I like the creativity. The Big 12 has got to be forward-thinking, and I think they showed that with this schedule. He works penultimate into interviews. Nice. He's Mitch Harper. He's our BYU insider. Uh, Mitch, what do you not like about the schedule? Like, what what do you look at and go, ah, oh, that's not that's not good? Or, or do you look at it? I mean, BYU's schedule, like you said, is very difficult, but – do you look at the schedule kind of overall that the Big 12 has made and has kind of put out, and you go, nah, I don't like that? I like what the Big 12 did for BYU. I mean, the, the stretch in it from Arizona to Utah is a gauntlet. Uh, that's going to be really tough, and BYU's postseason hopes are going to be defined by that four-game stretch. Uh, and you could even maybe even add Kansas, too. I think they're going to be pretty good as well. So. Uh, it's just a really tough schedule. The thing I don't like the most is the non-conference schedule. I thought BYU was just not aggressive and not acting like a power conference team. You know, they scheduled a home and home with SMU, which I really like. And I think that's, that's going to be a, a nice Friday night spot in week two down in Dallas. But the thing is, is that like BYU, SMU needed inventory. Why didn't BYU get a little more aggressive to try to get that seventh home game? SMU right now still needs another game. They've only got 11 games on their schedule at the moment. You know, BYU should have been a little more pushy to say, hey, you're going to play in Provo first, or you completely ditch the Wyoming game because that game, to me, there's no value added to that because you know Wyoming and Laramie, they're going to be juiced up to, to host BYU again. And, you know, the only thing that's a positive for BYU is that Maybe BYU's athletic administration gets the chance to heal old wounds from when they left the Mountain West Conference. But does that help Kalani Sataki in 2024 try to get to a bowl? Absolutely not. So I think that that was poor scheduling by BYU. I mean, just ask Texas Tech, ask Missouri about what a trip to Laramie can do. And it's just, again, you're not thinking in a manner that says you want to go chase a 12-team playoff bid or be in the conversation nationally by scheduling that way. I love it, too, because Wyoming, by the way, Utah's going there next year. Like, what right. is this weird <laughs> Utah black fans hole? right now are going, ha-ha! I know. Then they're going to look at the schedule next year and go, don't! <laughs> I know, because they're going to Utah State this year, and they're going to Wyoming right, next year. Right, Come right. on, like, what's well, going on? Well, that's kind of how it is now. Power 5, you need to play some group of yeah. five games. It makes a lot Come of sense. On. You play cl- teams close, close to home. Uh, Mitch, I think if we look at Utah's or sorry BYU schedule, you're thinking again. We're kind of in that area where a six and six is a win. 
If they can get to 500, get bowl eligible, that's a big step forward. As you're looking at the schedule, what are some of those swing games that get BYU on that other side of five and seven to six and six, maybe seven and five? I think, you know, a game like Baylor is going to be critical for BYU. They're going to go down to Baylor September 28th, second Big 12 game. Uh, you know, Baylor's got a really good quarterback coming in from the portal, Daquan Finn from Toledo. I, you know, I, I think he was a top five quarterback in this portal cycle. And they bring in Jake Spavital, who was once at Cal, former Texas State head coach. He replaces Jeff Grimes as the OC. Uh, I think Baylor will, will be a little bit better this year, but how much better? I, I don't think much. Uh, that's a critical game for BYU to win. I, I kind of coined that the, the friendliest rivalry in the Big 12. Even I saw it earlier this, this month down at the basketball game. Like Baylor's still rolling out the red carpet for BYU saying welcome to the Big 12. And uh, we'll see how if it's, it's hospitable uh, in, in Waco uh, coming up in September. But I, I think that's a critical game. I think that Oklahoma State game is intriguing to me either Friday, October 18th or Saturday, October 19th. You know, Oklahoma State's a mystery still to me. I, I like the return of Ollie Gordon, but I'm not as high on Alan Bowman, the quarterback, returning for Oklahoma State. And in a way, I hey, kind of thought they would have been. <laughs> they aren't either, by the way. <laughs> I think they could have been maybe better served moving in a new direction, potentially. But, uh, you know, Oklahoma State's always a team that's going to be good enough to go to a bowl. Uh, but I think that's one you gotta you got to find a way to, to get. Because, again, you know, smacked in between that is, before that is Arizona and then a trip to UCF and then Utah a few weeks later. So that to me is one of those ones that's, that's critical. And I think Houston and Arizona state are interesting just because those are the final two games of the season, but anything we know about these teams going into the year is going to be completely different by that point of the season. You know, Willie Fritz takes over at Houston. He comes from Tulane. He's done a really nice job with junior college recruiting, got a few underrated uh, transfer portal prospects. I would expect Houston's going to be a little bit better uh, than people think this season. And by season's end, you know, maybe that's a game where two five and six teams squaring off for a chance to punch their ticket to a bowl game. I think that was kind of the line of reasoning as to why the Big 12 maybe went in that direction for senior day for BYU. So those are kind of the four games I look at. The BYU's got to find a way to get those wins. How nervous should BYU fans be about at SMU and at Wyoming? I think they should be really nervous about those games because SMU's the defending AAC champion. I know they're going to the ACC now, but they've been picking up portal prospects from, from Georgia. I mean, high-end, power five, you know, top 50 transfer portal prospects, their collective is pushing money and they got their donors inspired by this move to the power conference ranks. And that's going to be a good roster. And, you know, BYU, uh, you know, saw some of the talent that, that SMU's had in the past when that New Mexico bowl a few years ago, SMU's got good personnel. And I, I think those are risky games for BYU. And uh, that that's just it, it to go to both of them back to back on the road it's just not smart non-conference scheduling as a power conference team because especially when you're a team that has no hasn't established its identity yet in the power conference ranks when you're simply trying to just get back to six wins get back to the postseason i mean there's no question in my mind that byu could be one and two out, out of the gates i think those are two games that could be losses wyoming's i don't think is as big of a threat it's just kind of the the dynamics of the the excitement from Wyoming. They're going to have a new coach, but I just feel like that's one where, you know, BYU has been known to be caught sleepwalking in venues like Liberty, uh, like Toledo. I think Wyoming's a little bit better than that, but still, I mean, they've just had a track record under Kalani 
where they go into those spots and kind of lay an egg. And, and uh, you know, by game three, you would hope that BYU is kind of like humming and finding their identity, but uh, that could be a tricky spot for sure. Mitch Harper, our BYU insider from KSLSports.com. Mitch, when you look at this schedule and you kind of see what this new iteration is, these 16 teams, uh, I mean, is this – is this is this Utah's conference to lose? Is it Arizona's? Uh, because I think a lot of folks kind of look and they say, "Hey, the big difference is you have a championship winning quarterback at uh, at the helm for Utah. If he's healthy and comes back, uh, you know, in that same type of shape, why wouldn't Utah be the favorite right now? And should BYU fans uh, just kind of expect Utah to be kind of on a high at least for this next year?" I think Utah is definitely going to be in the top three. I think that you know Kansas. Uh, Utah, I think Oklahoma State's maybe in the conversation. I think Kansas State's going to be really good. I think Avery Johnson at quarterback's going to be better than Will Howard. I mean, Colin Klein, the offensive coordinator, left for Texas A&M. He didn't back-channel recruit Will Howard. He tried to get Avery Johnson to go to College Station. He's going to be a better quarterback with a higher ceiling. I I think K-State's going to be really good. Uh, So those are kind of my top three teams that I look at. I think Arizona's next in line, too, with Noah Fafita, McMillan, and they didn't have as much of a roster exodus uh, when Jed Fish left for, for Washington. So uh, I think those are kind of your top four, and I think you could sl- slice it any way. I think a sleeper in this league is Iowa State. Uh, you know, I was very surprised how they performed in the bowl season when they lost to, in the Liberty Bowl, but uh, they've got a really good quarterback in Rocco Beck coming back, who's the freshman of the year in the Big 12, and Abu Salma, BYU fans know about him. I mean, he's a really good ball carrier. They bring back the most uh, uh, starts in the Big 12 from the returning teams in the league, and they're all pretty young. I mean, they they were a very young football team next year, so they're one to definitely watch. But uh, I just think this is a a league that's going to be pretty wide open. I don't think anyone uh, is far and away head and shoulders better uh, than the rest of the league. I just think Utah – has just kind of had consistency. I think that's the biggest thing that goes for them. Uh, everyone else in this league, yeah, you can have an 11-win season, then you just plummet to a five-win campaign. No one in this conference can maintain year after year, whereas Utah has shown that they're always in that 9- to 10-win threshold over the last five or so years. And, and that, I think, gives them an upper hand. And they know who they are, too. And I think you know having Cam Rising back uh, will definitely be huge for them. But I think some of the personnel losses they've had – defensively uh, I also think too that uh, but some of the gets they got offensively in the portal the USC receiver was pretty noteworthy so Utah's going to be in the mix and they're going to be a tough out at home Rice Eccles will be one of the toughest spots and and you know for BYU they got to be uh, protecting their home turf too because I think some of their toughest games are at home this year and if they can break through and, and, and hold serve there they could definitely be in a spot to go to the postseason and maybe be a spoiler in this big 12 race. Before we cut you loose, we got to talk about some BYU hoops. Uh, three and four in Big 12. It's been a roller coaster ride, yet they're 22nd in the country, number six in net ranking. Life in the Big 12 is good, but now they've got a big challenge on Saturday. On paper, it wouldn't seem that way, but traveling to Morgantown, this could be a slip up. How important is this game for BYU? Oh, it's critical because, you know, West Virginia is a quad three team, and it's one of those games that could. You know, if they lost BYU, it could drop them a seed line, especially when you're a team that has a limited, you know, spots available to you in the bracket. Uh, it's it's important. This is a big one for BYU. These next five games, I think, are going to really define BYU's season uh, because there's there's a case they could win the four out of the next five. 
and if and if but if they you know go two and three, it could be you know tough sledding for BYU down the stretch, and maybe they're you know a seven win team at best in Big Twelve play, and then you're kind of having work to be done in the conference tournament. So West Virginia is you know one of the it's interesting with them. They've just been probably the most snake bit team in the Big Twelve. Uh, this season with the Bob Huggins scandal mm-hmm. and then all the injuries, the comings and goings, they've had suspensions. They've had so many, uh, you know, personnel issues, but it's all coming together now. They just got Jesse Edwards back. He'll be playing tonight uh, against Cincinnati. And then assuming uh, on Saturday against BYU, he was a heralded Syracuse transfer. They got Kirk Risa uh, from Arizona, still in the mix. Raekwon Battles, a guy that can go for 30 a night. So BYU, even though it's a seven-win team they're going to face on Saturday in Morgantown, it's it's not your typical you know single-digit win team. I mean, West Virginia's got talent. They took down Kansas. They will be tough in Morgantown. So BYU has to be uh, you know playing at a high level. And I'm very curious to see if Mark Pope has the ability to, with a full week to prepare for this one, maybe work Ali Khalifa and Fusini Triori on the floor together that's been a goal of his all year but it hasn't worked due to injuries uh, that's something I'm kind of intrigued by and also just maybe the growth at the backup point guard spot because I think that's been lacking for BYU in recent games Mitch uh, you and I are going to get together uh, I guess in about an hour and a half here we're going to uh, sit down and record a special edition of first and 12 our uh, big 12 podcast our big 12 centric podcast uh, just over on our KSL sports podcast page probably be able to find it also on the uh, ksl news radio podcast page as well so uh, i'm looking forward to it because we're going to break some stuff down with the schedule and uh we love it we'll do a special edition of that one uh with mitch after the program right here mitch harper thanks for joining us man you bet guys take care there you go always great stuff See, look. Dude's already got the uh, uh, BYU schedule memorized. Well, part of the problem is he's is got that, a tattooed on the back of his hand. Yeah, and that's shocking to me, considering he's such a Utah homer. You know, <laughs> he said way too many nice things about Utah. Well, BYU I, fans would be not furious. Only that he said we were being generous with six and six. Send I put emails it out there. to Mitch Harper. I know. BYU fans. M Harper, KSL.com. I do want to say, like, fine, okay. I gave out his real email. Who cares? I'll give out mine. A Kiri at KSL.com. Jay Jensen at KSL.com. Please send me a message. At me. All right? Tell I, me I have bad hair. <laughs> I dare you. Now, so here's – but that's that's the whole thing is, like, we put together this list, and you go, ah, maybe maybe they're going to finish like this. And Mitch, Mitch is as plugged in as anybody, right? And I think that he really tries to be – I mean, he is as objective as possible. He's a professional. He's done a, Total great, he pro. does a great job. You should always if you if you're a BYU fan and Mitch is not your source of BYU content oh, yeah. or among the among the top, you're doing it wrong. He's ki- listen, and here's the thing: I'm getting killed over the Wyoming pick, and he's doing the same thing. It's, it, it could very well be one and two. You're not BYU fan. You're not nervous about SMU and Wyoming on the road, back to back weeks. And what did he call it? He went further and said those are those aren't going to be uh, those aren't going to be like you know scary games. BYU needs to do better. And schedule better because you're yeah. out of conference. How on earth is it that you worked out? I guess it could have been on the table that they could have told uh, SMU, yeah, we're not. Listen, man, you're coming here. And that's the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. It's just wild to me that people think that those would be gimmies. Just because BYU is what? What did they go? Four and one? They were four and one before they ended up being five and seven on the season. Yeah. So when people kill JJ for saying, 
oh, man, you said they're going to lose six games in a row. They lost five to finish the season. I think if they lose six in a row. What if they don't beat Texas Tech last year? That's what I'm saying. They could have very well lost six in a row then. And you're generous to say they're going to be able to win uh, three games in a row right after that six-game losing streak. Because if you're in a six-game losing streak in the middle of the season. I picked one of them being Kansas. Pulling out at of home, that. I think they're going to. I think BYU at home is going to pull off a stunner, and they're going to have a head scratcher on the road, and everything else will balance out based on what's on paper. That's oh, how I just, see it. Because every team it, does it. You just picked it by the FPI, by ESPN's FPI. I could. <laughs> the computer. What is the, the FPI co- on their schedule? Oh, is that I'm out? sure that I'm, it's not out, but you know uh, it'll be. Jeremy knew. Jeremy no, was all over that. I guarantee. I guarantee it'll have them at like. Two and a half to three and a half wins. I guarantee it. Because it's just a computer that goes, Oh yeah, you're more likely to win that game. Oh no, you're more likely to win that game. And it's much less generous about yes. the uh that darn computer. All right. We'll come back when we do. We've got tons to chat about still. And uh around the corner. Oh, around the corner, we also have some tickets to give away because it's a win ticket Wednesday. Uh, our this portion of the program brought to you by TaylorMed MRI. By the way, get an MRI for three hundred ninety nine dollars without the need to see a doctor first. Same day and next day appointments are available. Schedule them TaylorMedMRI.com. So stay with us. Ninety seven five the KSL Sports Zone.